Good morning, Northern Hills. Hey, it's good to be with you again this morning. I want to welcome those of you that are joining us here in person and, of course, those of you that are joining us online. We are in the second week of a teaching series called Songs of Christmas. And before we get started this morning, I know we had some announcements on the front end. I want to be able to just communicate to you guys, Christmas Eve is upon us. It's creeping up. And so we have an opportunity as a church family just to serve those that are going to be here. It's going to be a great opportunity for us. Uh, you, you know how Christmas Eve services, Easter services work. You get a lot of guests that are coming in for the first time uh, that year, uh, maybe the second time that year. And we just want to welcome them. They want, want, want to make this place feel like home and just greet them with opening arms and, and happy smiles. And so there's some serving opportunities. I really want to point us out to the cafe after services this morning. Let's fill up those slots. Uh, we have a couple... Uh, Sundays to continue to fill up those slots and most of them are just greeting opportunities so again you greet and then you can take in service a really good opportunity to serve our church let's fill up those spots let's get after it and let's uh, yeah welcome all of our guests that are going to be here okay uh, first and foremost, I wanted to just say, again, welcome and thank you for being here. Um, I want to highlight where this series has sort of taken me. This is where we're going to go this morning a little bit. Um, in this series, we've been talking about Christmas songs. And Pastor John did a great job of setting us up where we're going for this series. Because some of the songs we understand, some of the songs we know or are very familiar with, we actually don't get where they came from or we maybe even understand the least we know the lyrics but we don't really know what we're singing when we sing the lyrics and so part of the series is really just to build on this idea like what are these songs and how are they all tied into the gospel how can we see jesus in some unique and unseen ways as we dig in to different songs of christmas but for me personally i got to share with you that christmas brings in of course the word family um, and that can be a good or maybe not so good thing for some of us, right? When we think of family, there's many of us that are drawn and, and just excited about what uh, God's going to do through the holidays. We embrace the word family. Some of us cringe at the word family. We have some history. We have some brokenness. There's some dysfunction. And so we cringe at that. And so Christmas brings all of that up in our hearts. And then there's just many of us that actually fluctuate between both of those ideas. I'm a fluctuator. I'm a fluctuator because my family of origin has the ability to bring me to some place of, oh, that's, that, that wasn't all bad, but there's some negative in there, and it sort of brings up that, that cringeworthy word. But then you fast forward to my life now, and my life just being filled with my own personal family, my wife, my two kids, getting to know my wife's side of the family and making that my family. There's some really good memories there. So again, that fluctuating. Where are you at? Where are you at as it ties in to this Christmas season? Because I think today and today's message, I'm going to share with you in so many ways how God's really redeemed and, and really reframed my mindset when it comes to the holidays from that family of origin till now. Uh, but today's going to be a little bit participatory, okay? We're going to participate in service this morning. I want everybody to say, God is. That was really well done. Well done. All right, let's, let's, let's build on that thought. Okay, say, God is, God, is. God, was, God was, God will be. God will be. Awesome. Thank you for the love this morning. You're bringing it this morning. Everybody's awake and, and ready to hear God's word. I, I want to talk to you this morning about this thought of God is, God was, God will be. And we just got done singing a song just a few minutes ago, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Let me start off by giving some history of the lyrics of that song. Believe it or not, 
Believe it or not, the lyrics to this song, they were written somewhere between the 8th and the 12th century, which is a long, long time ago. Seriously, like Pastor John would have been like in the 11th or 12th grade at that point. Like just a long time, right? Long time ago. But what, what, what you would have known during this era in church history is that certain churches, they would either sing or chant phrases, and then after those um, phrases, uh, uh, it, at times, those phrases or chants would start with the letter O. After you would chant a phrase with O, then you would actually read a psalm or, 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 or basically engage with a psalm that was read. And then you would follow that up by singing or chanting phrases, again, that started with the letter O. These would become known as the O antiphons. All right, so that's how, during this era, how these songs came to pass. And one of the lines that they would sing birthed the song, O come, O come, Emmanuel. And Emmanuel is truly the word that, to me, <laughs> encompasses this entire message this morning, okay? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Emmanuel means God with us. Emmanuel means God with us. Now, I'm curious, have you ever prayed that prayer? God would you be with me? God, would you be with us? And, and just think about that for a moment. Think about some of those prayers that have come out of your mouth. Some of the prayers that we pray, and, and I think we've all been there and we've all done this, right? You may be going on that trip. God, be with us on this trip. Give us traveling mercies. You know what, God? I hope my kids don't kill themselves in the back seat. You know what, God? If they do kill themselves, I'm going to kill them. Like, I don't want to kill my kids, God. So please, just, just help me as we travel. God be with us as we travel, right? What about the God be with us as we go shopping at the mall? Yes, malls are still a thing. I promise. There's still a thing. I know a lot of us are doing that online shopping. But mall, Lord, would you just help me as I go into this full mall and just help me find God be with us as we look to find a parking spot, which we can find nowadays we can actually get into the mall in and out a little bit more right god be with me be with us as i take this final exam and i don't know if you ever prayed that prayer i know i prayed that prayer but i wish i would have prayed a little bit more god be with me as i study in the library because i think those final exams would have went a little better for me had i done that right god be with us as we have a loved one in the hospital. Be with me as I navigate these emotions. Be with me as I go on a date with this person for the first time. Hopefully we have something in common, God. Be with us. Be with me. We all have them, don't we? God, be with me. So what does it mean for God to be with us? I want you to uh, join me in reading Matthew chapter 1 because Matthew's version of the birth of Christ is captured here. And he talks about the Virgin Mary in verse 21 when he says, She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. Now this is an announcement to the people of God that have been long waiting, wanting to hear for centuries what Matthew is recording in this announcement. This is the good news of the gospel. This is where the, what the entire story is about. Jesus will save people from their sins. And Matthew goes on to say in verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Now just pause for a second. Because this, just to wrap our heads around this idea, what Matthew is about to do here is quote the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. 
It was Isaiah 7.14 that the prophet prophesied some 740 years before the event would take place. And I don't know about you, but that just gets my, my heart racing and my head racing. Because how, how big is God? How good is God? That over seven centuries before the event, the prophecy is given. And here's a prophecy that is now fulfilled. Verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, I'm a movie buff. I love movies. And at this point, this is where the music would get really dramatic in the movie. And the movie guy voiceover that's doing the preview for the movie would be like, Emmanuel, God with us, right? Like it would come in. It would sound much better than that. I promise it would sound much better than that. But this is what would happen. Matthew is recording this most earth-shattering news possible. And why would it have been earth-shattering? Because everybody listening... Everybody reading <laughs> at this time what would have been coming up, the Old Testament thing that, that, that God's doing, that God was, well, too holy in the Old Testament. What do you mean that God is with us? Moses couldn't even be in the presence of God. The Moses had to hide his face when God passed by because God was too big. The full-blown presence of God, no one could be in front of that. It's why there were people that would go to the temple but no one was allowed in the temple except for the high priest only once a year. Why? They had to tie a rope around his leg. They had to tie around a, ro a rope around the high priest's leg just to, in case he got view of God and died in the presence. They would be able to pull him out. That's how big God was. And suddenly Matthew is saying he is with us. Have you ever wondered why the, sh why the shepherds Surrounding Jesus just ran out, and, and they were just celebratory, the fields rejoicing. Have you ever thought why the wise men fell on their face and just bowed down in worship? And the fact is, this fact alone is that God was with us. It made God present. He wasn't uninvolved. He was not a God that was distant. He was not a God that was far off. God wants to watch over us now because God is with us. The creator, the sustainer of the universe, this relational God who stripped off all of his glory came in the form of a baby who was God and yet all, uh, he was also uh, fully God. He was fully man, fully God because he was out, without sin, fully man because he understood it. John 1, 1 says it this way, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And it's the best news ever. And some of you, some of you are here today and you don't believe it. You don't believe it. And so you don't believe in God. So how could you believe that he's with you? I understand that that's where some of you are right now. Some of you that are watching online. And some of us, even as Christians, we would say, God with me? What are you talking about? I don't feel really that tingle. I don't feel the presence. I don't feel any goosebumps. I don't really feel him. And some of us are in that difficult spot right now where we just don't sense God being present or with us whatsoever. I want to read an email that I received. And of course, I'm not going to share the name. But here are some of the excerpts from this email that came to me a couple weeks ago. You do not know me, as I have only attended Northern Hills a couple times. But I'm in need of some guidance, and I'm hoping you might be able to help. 
I've been struggling with the question as to whether I believe in God. And before I walk away from my faith completely, I thought I would try reaching out for some wisdom. I'm not sure you have the answer to my questions, but it's worth a shot. I grew up at the church. And while my relationship with God has never been perfect, I've always trusted his plan for my life. That is until now. Over the last year, I've had a hard time believing that God is a loving father. If God is so loving, why is there so much pain and suffering in the world? Why would he allow a child to be born only to live in agonizing, painful years fighting cancer? Why would he allow someone who loves and trusts him so much to be abused and to be discarded like garbage? Those don't sound like the actions of a loving father. Yet it makes sense. I've seen so many Christians treat others this way. The gossip, the cliques, the high expectations that no one will ever meet. Maybe they really are trying to love like Christ loves us. Maybe that's why I'm being pulled away from God. I've realized that non-believers are far more loving and kind. And I have to tell you, I appreciated this email more than you know. Because this individual had tons of courage to write it. Because I believe this individual was representing where many of us are. Where many of us where we've been. Many of us where we will be. See, some of us are in a really difficult spot when it comes to our faith. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but Christmas to me is kind of like that great magnifier, isn't it? It's a great magnifier in that when things are good, Christmas just becomes that much greater. It, it's, it's, it's surrounding all the thoughts and, and things that God's walking us through. But when things are tough, when things are painful, it seems to make things that much more painful. Christmas can be a great magnifier. See, some of us were facing an empty chair this year, someone that we want to be in that chair we wish was there and they're not, maybe through a divorce, maybe through loss, maybe through distance, again, a death, something that's just wrecking us, right? And sometimes there's just relational tension that's going on that we're dealing with, things that just don't feel right. Maybe it's some bad news we've received because of a health issue. And so that's where we're sitting, navigating those new things we've heard. Some of us, God, God with us, we're saying, why would God even want to be with me? Because there's some of us that have done something wrong that we're so ashamed of that we can't even imagine a person being with us, let alone God being with us. So regardless of the situation, the idea that we're struggling with is I don't feel God. I don't see God. If God is there, what's going on? Where's God in this? God with us? God with me? And so my goal this morning my goal this morning is just to have an honest conversation around that and to, to, to point us back as the Spirit of God works in and through my words. I'm praying that all of us can be that much more convinced than when we walked in, maybe not beyond a shadow of a doubt, but the better understanding of God is, God was, and God will be. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Because when God plants that truth in you, when God plants that truth in each of our hearts, it's a game changer. We're never the same and we're different. I just want to break down this to three thoughts this morning. The first thought is God is. God is. See, some of us are hurting right now. Some of you are hurting right now. And I want you to understand that God is. God is. God is. God is with you right now. And it's because the scriptures say that our God is a God of all forms of comfort. 
that he comforts us in our trials and the difficulties that we face in life. The Apostle Paul, he said it so well in his second letter to the church in Corinth. He captures it this way. He says, praise be to the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles. The Greek word here that's translated as comfort is the word parakletos. Parakletos, which makes me feel like I'm a Greek, right? You take Greek a little bit. But catch this. Para means alongside. Kleta, kleto, means called to. Alongside, called to. Our God comes alongside of us. And he's called to minister to us. To provide us comfort in the midst of trials. And if we're willing, if we're just willing to sit in that just for a moment, it can be a beautiful picture that God is. That God is coming alongside each one of us to comfort us in our times of trouble. It won't be so simple for those of us that are in it right now. That we don't believe it because we're just hearing it. But I trust the Holy Spirit to work in your life and in your heart in such a way that he is He's alongside you, that he is called to comfort you. Just to bring handles to this, uh, maybe a visual to this, uh, many of us have taken our kids to go see Santa. I can remember the time when we took Camden to go see Santa, and he was, uh, it was his first time. He was right in that one or two. I tried to ask my wife this last week, and we we're still trying to navigate that age, but he was at that age where he totally wanted to go to see Santa to make sure he was asking Santa for what he wanted, but it's also at that age where the kids are like, they want to see Santa, but they really don't, right? They get there, and then they see, again, the chubby guy sitting far from them, and they're sort of like, I don't know if I want to sit on the chubby guy's lap. I'm okay to be asking him what I want from here, right? So here's what happens. We get there, and I'm in preparation because I, uh, Elodie's three years older than Camden, so she's all charged up. She's excited to ask Santa for what she wants. And we're walking. We're trying to set up Camden. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And already, he's doing the... Nope, we're not doing this. I'm not going that way. And so as a dad, I go up to Santa. Many of you know me well. I invade people's personal space all the time. I'm trying to grow in it, trying to work in it, but I'm a hugger. I'm a lover, not a fighter, all those things. And I was doing that with Santa. I was trying to get Camden to visualize, dad is over here by Santa. It's going to be safe. And so I go to Santa. I put my arm around, see, Santa's okay. And he's, we had bad Santa that year. He looks at me and he sort of tosses my hand away and he sort of didn't want to really be there I think he was just getting the check or whatever he maybe had a bad day with the kids sitting on his lap and so he sort of gives me the drill like, why are you touching me and I'm like okay I'm sorry but then that sort of dirty look and I'm like I'm trying to set this tone and so all of a sudden I didn't want to be Pastor Brandon I, I almost wanted to punch Santa in the face right <laughs> I didn't punch Santa in the face but I wanted to and so at that moment, I'm, I'm just, okay, that's fine, you know, we're going to settle down and stuff. And so we get there, we take the picture. <laughs> it's one of our favorite pictures to this day. Because you have Elodie sitting on the left side of Santa. She's, you know, like she's just happy and go lucky. You got sa bad Santa sitting in the middle. He's sort of giving the little, like, okay, I'm here and giving the half smile. And then you have Camden that's like totally like tortured, just like, like this spider, <laughs> like get me out of this and just not engage. The point of that story the point of that story is as a dad, as a father, what was I trying to do? Camden, nothing's going to hurt you. I'm here. I'm with you. You're safe with your dad. I am here with you and will always be here with you. And when we understand that, 
When we understand that about our Father in heaven, the all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God, when we understand that God is, God is with us, it changes everything. And just to define that, it means when you're lost and you don't know where to go, then he's that guide. When you're hurt and you're feeling alone, he's there as the friend. And when you're in the middle of that trial, God is with you as your comforter. When you're sick, God is with you as your healer. When you're weak, God is with you for strength. When you're lost in your sin, God is with you as your savior. Or God is with you. God is. That's the first thought. The first thought is that God is. The second thought, write this down, is God was. God was. Just think back. Think back to your life. I find it fascinating that when and I'm learning a ton about this right now with my counselor. You look back over a lifetime, and sometimes God is easier to see in the rear view than he is to see in the moment. And that's sort of what we're navigating is the story of Christmas past, if you will. And just looking back at what's formed me and what's gotten me to this place today. But it's true for your life as well. When you look back at the series of events that's gotten you to this place, sometimes that rear view is a great way to see that God was. And I'll just give you an example. Joseph in the Old Testament. And Joseph's different than the Mary's Joseph that we talk about this time of year, right? This Joseph, if you didn't know his story, at one time he was a little boy with really big dreams. And then his brothers came along um, uh, those dreams because he was like, I, I'm supposed to be a leader. I'm called to be a leader. And his brothers were like, you're cocky. You're a punk. And so they wanted to kill him. They wanted to leave him for dead, actually. They throw him into a pit. There's one brother that's like, no, let's not do that. Let's just sell him into slavery. And they're like, oh, that's a great idea. That's at least second best for him. Let's do that. And so they did that, and they sold him into slavery. And Joseph lives with integrity. He continues to grow his character up in God. And so he's falsely accused through his life, something he didn't do. He gets thrown into prison. And if you were to just look at that from a distance, if Joseph were to just step at the 10,000-foot view and just look down, where's God in all of this? Where's God in all of these trials? God with us, really? But what we would have to see is the story over the course of Joseph's lifetime. To realize that God was with him. That God was ever present in his life. That God was working behind the scenes. That he was doing some things for Joseph that he couldn't imagine. And so all of a sudden the pit becomes the passage. And that passage would be the very thing that led to the palace. Pit, passage to palace. Because what Joseph would come to be in the palace, he, he, would be, he would find himself second in charge of Egypt. God would use this very indirect route and these very indirect trials to put him in charge so he could save countless number of people from a tremendous famine. So you wonder where God was through all of that. And Genesis 39 captures it. He tells exactly where God was. The Bible says the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with Joseph. That's where he was, and that's the same for you. God was. And it's the same for me. God was. And I can get really emotional when it comes back to looking back on that life. And I've shared with some of you, even that over the past couple weeks, again, as Christmas has brought up that tension, that fluctuating tension. It's not perfect. It's nuanced. But I know God's taking me back to a place of addiction and, and brokenness and dysfunction in my own family to realize that my mom was a really good mom. She was a single mom that did the best she could with the information she had in those moments. 
and it's for me to be who I am. And I'm able to look at that, and God's redeeming that. To remember a story of clarity two or three weeks back when I was two years old, that God was moving. God was moving. He was moving in my life. He was moving in my, li- my mom's life. So what's your story? What's your salvation story? When you came to Christ, and, and, and Christ came to you, Christ was making himself available, always making himself available to be in relationship with you. But when we look through those salvation stories, we begin to realize, wow, look how that formed and changed who I was because God was. God is, God was. And the last thought for this morning, write this down, God will be. God will be. God will be, he will, he will, he will. No matter what we go through, he will be. And the Apostle Paul put it this way, Romans 8.35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Just, just sit in that. What can separate you from Christ's love? Shall trouble? No. Shall hardship? No. Shall shall persecution? No. Shall famine? No. Nakedness? No. I don't know what nakedness is doing in this text. I really don't have any idea. But just in case you're wondering, nakedness will not separate you from the love of Jesus Christ, okay? Just in case you're wondering. What about danger? No. Sword? No. Verse 37 through 39, no, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Translation. He will never leave you. God will be forever for you. He will never forsake you. You will never be alone. Nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate you. Not your theological questions you have. Not your insecurities. Not your doubts. Not the things that you can't explain. Your brokenness won't separate you. Your failures won't separate you. Your mistakes It's not your sickness. It's not something that was done to you that will separate you. Not your broken dreams. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, because he is, he was, and he will be. That's what's settled. That's what's written. Emmanuel, God with us. There's just no doubt. And so if God is with us, I think the only question we need to ask ourselves this morning is are we with God? Wherever we're at, wherever we're at in our life, God is with us. Are we with God? Maybe this is going to be the first Christmas season that you invite Christ into it in a lot of different ways. Maybe for the first time because of that relationship with Christ. Maybe because you're going to see Christ in a new way because you're going to reflect on the things he's done for you in a new and unique way. 
And I trust the Spirit of God to do that. For those of you that are watching online, for those of you that are here in person, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, today's the day. Today's the day because God wants so much to be part of your life. He wants you to draw on his strength and his power, his, his, his will for your life. He wants to do something new in yours. So if that's you, and this morning just it makes sense to start that relationship. See, this is, relationship isn't about a do kind of faith. It's not doing for God, doing unto God. It's done. It's done because of Jesus and his work on the cross and because of how much he loves you, how much he's with you. So if that makes sense to you for the first time this morning, would you pray this silently in your heart as I pray it aloud? Let's just all pray. Father, Father, just come into my life. I recognize that you're here among, among all of us. You're here for me. God, I give you my life. I'm in need of, of something different. I've tried to be God for too long. That's just sin. I tried to be God and tried to do things my way. I'm at a dead end. God, would you come into my life? Would you come into my life and transform me and change me from the inside out? God, I just want your, I want your presence to dwell in my life, that you are among us. And so would you do that? In every interaction I have and the things that I want to grow in to learn more about you, God, come in and lead my life. Be the Lord of my life. And if you prayed that prayer, God's promise to you is that he'll do that. God's promise to you is that he's going to direct that for the rest of your life. God will be for the rest of your life. Let's close out in prayer for the rest of us this morning. Father, yeah, we just... We ask that uh, for this Christmas season, we would just embrace the new thing you're doing in our hearts, the thing that you want to teach us about your character and who you are. God, thank you for being the God that is, the God that was, and the God that will be. God, thank you for being Emmanuel, God with us. We pray these things in your great name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message. If you'd like to get involved here at Northern Hills, check out our website at inhills.org or download the Northern Hills app. We hope to see you again soon.